0: You're listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Here at Victory, we are called to equip a caring, committed community of worshipers to reach their world for Jesus. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. It's a wonderful thing to be able to share in this this season of growth, and development and all that God is doing at Victory Church and to share this message in this series, Dinner with a Friend. This series uh, has been wonderful for me because of the ways that we get to express, but this message in particular has been of special joy in God preparing my heart. So without further ado, we will pray. And then we will jump into the fine dining experience. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you give us, the resources of your kingdom. Thank you most, O God, for your Holy Spirit, the teacher of the church that teaches and guides us and leads us into all truth. Bless now these words and your people as we receive them and share them together In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You know, the fine dining experience is meant to be a a culmination of all of our sensory perceptions coming together and, and, and formulating this wonderful, memorable experience that blesses our heart for years to come as we remember this event and and fine dining is is basically there are three basic elements to fine dining first there's sustenance you got to have good food you can't have a fine dining experience without good food and then there's service i mean when you when you when you think of fine dining you think of the white tablecloth. You think of the the linen napkins. You think of all the finer things in life. You think of of elegance, but it can also be very special in in the sense of how it makes you feel. It doesn't necessarily have to be a white tablecloth, but it can be something that makes you feel special. But the service, the way you're treated and the way you treat others during the fine dining experience is all part of the ambience of the whole experience. And then, of course, there's the setting. What does the room look like? What, is the, what does the place look like? How is it? Was there a sunset going on? I mean, what was happening all around you? What were the smells? Did you smell the food coming from the kitchen? I mean, I've had some fine dining experiences in some small places. But through all of that, notice I did not say expensive, because you can have a fine dining experience without breaking the bank. You can, and it's amazing because when all of these things come together, they bless us. God wants us to be able to be blessed that same way during our worship. He wants our worship experience with him to be like a fine dining experience. And just like fine dining, sometimes you can have all of those things together and you can spend lots of money and miss the mark. Well, because of our sin nature, unfortunately, we're not going to always be perfect in our worship experience. That fine dining, that 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 worship, that perfect worship experience is not always Uh, going to happen. But God still wants us to know all of the elements that go into it. He wants us to, to anticipate his arrival, to anticipate being there. He wants a culmination of all of our sensory perceptions together, coming together as we worship him in spirit and in truth. But because of our sin nature, we will miss the mark. But God still wants us To pursue that. Our text today is is a story, a wonderful story of Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, anointing the feet of Jesus with a very expensive and a very ambient perfume, wiping his feet with her hair. It's a wonderful story, but it really is a fine dining experience for some. Because all the people who gathered there for this meeting experienced the dining experience, but not everybody came away with the same level of appreciation. See, in John 12, it is actually uh, the the week, it's actually the kickoff of Jesus' Passion Week. So Jesus was in Bethany, which is not far from Jerusalem, and he's invited to this meal. He is the guest of honor. And the next day, he would ride into Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey amidst the fanfare of fickle fans. And the reason I call them fickle fans is because they will yell, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord on Sunday and crucify him on Friday. But that night, Jesus dined. He dined with friends and enemies. <laughs> I mean, this, this group, this was an eclectic gathering, let me tell you. Listen, I, I just want to go through the guest list just real quickly because it helps set up the story and helps us understand what was going on. First, the, 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 the setting was taking place in, in uh, Simon the leper's home. Now, some of you caught that, Simon the leper's home. If, the, if a leper had leprosy, you didn't go into his house. And and, and certainly you could not because it was against the Jewish law and the Jewish custom and it just didn't make any sense. But Simon the leper was now a witness because he had been healed by Jesus. So he was no longer Simon the leper. They still call him that, but Simon the leper who was healed by Jesus. Wonderful witness. Then you had Martha. It says Martha served. Now, Martha was more than a cook. Martha was a chef, and she was a general in the house. So she gave orders. She made every, sure everything was, was perfectly set up to make sure that the, the, the sustenance was right and the, 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 the uh, service was right. That was Martha's department. And then you had Lazarus fresh from the grave. I mean, this is amazing to me that you have this collection of people who are here and they're all gathering around Jesus. And then, of course, there's Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, and his followers, and Judas, who was a liar, a cheat, and a thief. And then you had some other haters Hitmen from the Sanhedrin spent there, uh, sent there to figure out when they could grab Jesus and kill him. And now they added Lazarus to that hit list. I mean, this was some gathering. And, and they're all here together. And Jesus ministers. But the real key actor here is Mary. Because it is Mary's act of unbridled, pure worship. That really sets the stage for Jesus' teaching and message to them and to us. As we unpack this, I want to go back to, uh, to our text and, and begin to look at this story as it unfolds. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to read it uh, the first three verses and then skip to verses 9 through 11 just so you can kind of set the stage for who was actually there. John 12, verses 1 through 3. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived at Bethany in the home of Lazarus. Now, this really should say the hometown of Lazarus because it was actually at Simon the leper's home, but it was in the hometown of Lazarus the man who had been raised from the dead a dinner was being prepared in jesus's honor martha served lazarus was among those who ate with him then mary took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard and anointed jesus's feet with it wiping his feet with her hair the house was filled with the fragrant smell, right? Now look look at verse 9 and 10. Then all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, and they flocked to see him and also see Lazarus, the man who had been raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too because of him, it was because of him, that many had deserted them And believed in Jesus. I mean, what an eclectic gathering of people. So, the things that we experience in this worship setting and see, we see all kinds of people with all kinds of mixed agenda. And that is one of the things that happens in a worship experience. Jesus worship attracts all kinds of people. First, Jesus always had three kinds of people around him at all times. There were the friends, the fans, I'm, I'm sorry, the followers, the fans, and the foes. The followers were his disciples, those who were, who were with him, ride or die. Those were the, the Peters and the, and, the, and, and the Johns, not the Judases, but the Peters and the Johns. Those were the people who were with him no matter what. They got things confused, mixed up, but they were followers of Jesus. Then you had the fans. Now, fans are nice, right? They wave palm branches, and they, they say nice things about you when the going is good. And they, they show up for the fish and the loaves and all of the good stuff. But when it gets tough, they're like, ah, I'm not sure I'm with Jesus today. you know. And th- those were people who were there with him and, as well. And because many people flocked to see him, right? They wanted to see who, who Jesus was, and Lazarus had been raised from the dead. And then you had the foes. Those were the haters, and we know that there are haters. They hate Jesus. They hate his name. They hate God. They hate everything about him. And so we, we see Jesus' uh, 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 worship always attracted this mixed bag of people. And it was that way. It's that way even today. It's that way in almost every church you go to. And, and, and we see Jesus deals with this. But one of the things I want us to understand is people love a crowded room and good food. It's part of the human experience. It's part of who, how we're made. We're wired for community. We really are. God said it's not good to be alone, and we are wired for community. So when a place is set or a table is set and there's food and there's people, it's wonderful. And God wants us to be able to worship him. He wants to be at the center of that equation. In Acts chapter 2, we read how the early church grew and expanded because of that. We see that happening right here at Victory Church. Victory is like off the chain as it relates to the social gatherings. We do it well. And it's not just about the party. It's about worship. It's like like it was in in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, verse 47. I'm sorry, 46 and 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, God adds to our number as we gather that's an important part of gathering so so this gathering around Jesus is there but the worship experience is part of that god wants that worship experience he wants you to experience that and you're experiencing that now as you watch this as you participate it's not just we're not just entertaining this is meant to be a worship experience for you the second thing i want to try to unpack is you can't put A monetary or temporal value on worship. You can't put monetary or temporal limits on worship. Look back in our text, verse 46. Mary has just wiped the feet of Jesus with this expensive nard, but Judas Iscariot, the disciple, who could be who should who would soon betray him said that perfume was worth a year's wages it should have been sold and the money given to the poor and i love the writer of scripture he outs him not that he cared for the poor he was a thief and since he was in charge of the disciples money listen to this he often stole some for himself. I mean, really, Judas? And you're going to raise this level of your question to a spiritual dimension? No, it should have been given to the poor. He didn't care about the poor. But but he still tries to, to put a, the, the worship experience into the construct of the human dynamic. It can't happen. You can't limit worship. And, and, and you see, the, the ROI, the return on investment can't be calculated in human terms. Every time I meet with God, I, I experience him in a personal way. Every time I, I meet with God, I, I get up early in the morning to, to spend time with God. And I do that most mornings. And I have to confess, I'm not successful every morning. God shows up, but, but sometimes I'm distracted. And and I have to. I've learned to leave my cell phone in another room, you know, because I, I, I would I would you know the the flesh in me wants to have a spiritual reason for turning on my phone, to look at the temperature outside and to see what the day is like. It's like whoa 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 whoa. Whose time is this now? So 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 if if that happens to me, I can imagine it happens to you too. But guess what? I keep showing up. I keep showing up because. That, that, that return, when I, when I experience the wisdom of God, I, I experience something that can't be put in, in human terms. You know, uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. How much time do you spend in worship? How much time, well, listen to my words, do you spend in worship? You see, you, 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 you really can never spend enough time and everything that you invest in worship, watch this, belong to God anyway. Yeah, yeah. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his precepts have a good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. If the eternal praise belongs to him and you're giving it to him, are you doing anything special? No. You're simply giving back to God what belongs to him. Now, uh, uh, you're blessed in the process. Oh, I'm blessed when I worship. I'm blessed as I praise God. I'm blessed as I tell the truth. The Bible says, that Jesus said, if, if he told his disciples to shut up, the rocks would cry out. I don't want a rock to take my place. So I am going to worship God, but it doesn't make me real special. I'm giving back to God that which is his. But when I do that, I enter into a different realm. You can't put a limitation. Judas was trying to sound spiritual, but he was a crook. He was looking at that money, at that, that, that expensive perfume and saying, Ah, I could have had some of that money for me. It was selfish. But there's more. Authentic worship is both temporal and eternal. When I worship from earth, I am standing here on earth, confined by space and time. And worship is an eternal thing. That song that, that was singing, those, those songs that were sang, were sing from hearts of gratitude and hearts of gratefulness. Guess what? That continues to play in heaven over and over and over because it's true. No one can say, to God be the glory without the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit has enabled us to say that and to worship him, we are to continue to do that. Listen listen to Jesus' reply to Judas in verse 8. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will not always, uh, you will always have the poor with you but you will not always have me. Jesus was not saying the poor are not important. He was not saying neglect the care of the poor. He was simply saying in the earth space time continuum, in the sin, the fallen world, there are going to be haves and have nots. You can address those needs at any time, but in the space time continuum as, as, It it plays out, my physical presence will not be with you much longer. That's what Jesus was saying. And he was saying, attend to the things that you do now. Worship is the first priority, worship is the most important thing that we can do. The 12 ounce jar of knowledge is about this size was worth about $40,000 in today's money. Mary didn't miss a beat. She didn't hold back, not because it was expensive, but she understood kingdom economics, which was there is no price on worship. And guess what? People say, well, oh, that was because it was so expensive. No, Jesus commended the widow for a penny. He said, she put in as much in the offering as any of you because she put it in from her poverty. She put in all she had. The Lord is saying, give it all, all the time. That's where the return on investment is, is when you give it all, when you hold back a little bit or you try to be cute with it, it doesn't work. Every so often you need to have some, 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 some wet-eyed worship experiences with God. Every so often, you got to get down and dirty with it. You got to have a snotty nose and, and and runny eyes and just weeping and, and and can hardly breathe over the presence of God because the presence of God evokes that kind of response from any being that knows who he is and what he's done. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You can imagine if they had started praise and worship, Lazarus would have been, no, 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 no. I'm leading this chorus. <laughs> and Simon the leper here, oh my goodness, that table was set, but at the same table you had haters. Mm. Outreach ministry is not worship. I'm the pastor for outreach ministries, I can say that. When we go out to reach out to people, and we are doing that constantly. In fact, we're doing a training on February 5th for worship. You can ask about it online. But worship is worshiping God. When I do outreach ministry or any other kind of ministry, that's service on behalf of God. And the reason I do that is because God stands with the poor. So as I'm ministering to others, I am actually assisting God. I'm going out for him, but I'm compelled to do that because he has sent me out. I'm compelled to do that. Mary's offering goes before her as a sweet as goes before God as a sweet smelling offering for eternity. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, Truly, I tell you that this gospel, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Wow. How would you like to have every worship experience just come before God kind of eternally? Oh my goodness. Isn't that great? And it can happen to you. God wants us to worship that way. God wants us to be that way. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and the praise team is going to come and help me with this. Because we want to do more than simply talk about it today. We want to be about it. And we realize that this kind of message opens you up to a a whole level of of, of questioning, God, am I holding back? And the answer is, yeah, sometimes we all do. But today, right now, right now, right now, God wants to be able to release us to do that. Isaiah's, I say Isaiah's gospel because the prophet Isaiah has more uh, uh, verses, references to the messianic gospel. prophecy than any other the old testament prophets but isaiah says woe to me in isaiah 6 verse 5 and through 8 woe to me i cried for i am ruined for i am a man of unclean lips and i live amongst the people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king the lord almighty Then one of the seraphim flew with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And with it he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord say, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, hear my, send me. You can't hear the voice of the Lord say that. If you're not into a worship experience, Isaiah was petrified as he should be, as any of us would be, as we all are. When the presence of the Lord shows up, it's intimidating. It's, oh my goodness. And he confessed his sin. Have you confessed your sin? Have you said to God, God, I I fall short? God, I'm holding back. I don't know where Mary got the the expensive nard. I don't know what her plan was. The Bible doesn't speak to her plan, but guess what? When the opportunity to pour it on Jesus' feet came up, she did it. She surrendered it all. Right now is that opportunity for you. Right now, right now. God wants our hearts moved. You see, 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 I love worship, and I love worship here at Victory because it, it is a heart-moving experience. It's not about being entertained. It's about having our hearts turned toward God and saying, God, I'm undone. I'm a person of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the Lord. And the Lord deals with you. He tells you about the blood of Jesus, the cross. And he asks you to confess your sin and believe in his finished work on the cross. And then he says, now, will you go for me? Will you go out? Will you tell others about my love and my goodness? See, it's not just about our, us having our needs met. It's not just about us having our creature comforts met. This fine dining worship experience is meant to be passed on to somebody else. Are you holding back anything? What's in your alabaster jar? Is it your time? Is it your talent? Is it your treasure? What are you holding on to that God says, if you would just release it for worship right now, the return on investment would be more than you can ask, think, or imagine? I want us to pray. All of us. Right there where you are, where you're watching. I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. This prayer will not save you. But your heart has already cried out to God. If you're here, you're watching. You're saying, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. Let's do that right now. Let's take care of that right now. Saying, dear God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe that Jesus died for me. I accept your plan of forgiveness Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I can live a life worthy of your name. Maybe you're a believer and you've been holding back. You've been holding back. Maybe you know the Lord, but you've been holding back. I want to give you an opportunity right now, right here, right now where we are to say, God, I give it all to you. Lord, I give it all to you. Holding nothing back. Father, we thank you that you've heard us pray. We thank you, Lord, that you bless us. We thank you, Lord, that all things worked together for good and purposes that you have for us. We surrender everything we have all that we know of you, and it is good. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church podcast. If this message inspired you, feel free to share it with your friends, family, and social media. And make sure to subscribe to hear future messages from Victory Church. If you'd like to support the mission of Victory, please visit getvictory.net slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.